All right, welcome back to another episode of Power Players Podcast. In this episode, I'm so thrilled to have this guest, man. Um, this is the first ball boy I'm having on my show. And what a way to kick it off. Without this man in Utah, I personally believe any ball boy doing their job, the game's not going to happen. I mean, this guy right here is well-known in Utah well-known around the NBA. Um, he's got yeah. a very interesting story that we're going to get into. You kind, you kind, Junior. <laughs> I like it. I'll take it. But, yeah, I got only a small Alex, group of us. A-Rod, what is it, Cheech, Cheech Rodriguez? Cheech Rodriguez. During the, <laughs> during the glory days of the Utah Jazz here in White World. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. That was crazy times. I mean, Man, that's listen. Uh, that's the best they're ever going to get. I still don't think, even with Donovan Mitchell and, and all the new game, the French Wall, whatever they call them, the Eiffel Tower, they ain't going to get there near as far. They're not as good. They're not as good as back in the days when the mailman went no, man. to Malone. You guys, had, you guys had one of the best one-two duos in the 90s with Stockton and Malone. As uh, Jim Rome called him, the pasty gangster. Yes, was, uh, John Stockton, he wouldn't, you know, he, he played by the book and other players didn't like it because when he set a pick, Tim Hardaway didn't realize how hard of a pick it was going to come. Like those big center guys and the forwards didn't realize how hard of a pick John Stockton would set. <laughs> and so he put all his weight into the pick and he knocked those big guys back to where they get in fights. They didn't like guards setting picks on them. Um, Patrick Ewing, your New York Knicks and those guys. Yeah. Mason. Let me Trust tell you, me. man, he was the shortest guy on the court, but was one of the dirtiest players quietly Dirty. that nobody knew about. Yeah, man, it was solid. But the guy was a family man, man. He was yeah. so hardcore family guy. Like, you wouldn't even know. He, he, he got on the court and a switch came on. It was like time to, time to dish out some punishment. Yeah, he, he turned into opposite. a different guy. Total yeah. opposite. Total, like, you wouldn't even know him walking next to him in the streets. No one recognized him. They would, nobody even knew who he was. But one of the nicest down-to-earth guys off the court, like, away oh, from the game. hardcore family guy. Oh, yeah. Hardcore family, dude. Amazing. Nicest guy ever. And, and that's yeah. what you always got with the players. Like, on the court, they were a totally different person. Like, they were an animal. You didn't want to deal with them. But off the court, yeah. it's a different personality. Well, we got to see the real human side of them because, you know, fans would be like, oh, John Stock, he was a dick. He, I tried to ask him for an autograph, and that <laughs> – told me no like and i was like oh he was in a hurry man you know how many autographs he gets asked for everywhere he goes like he's yeah you know it gets annoying like sometimes he'd have me sign autographs i feel bad for those people in the locker room. like whoever got those autographs better go get them checked but yeah. uh stockton would be like hey right here i can't i i'm gonna I'm in a hurry i got an interview here sign these for me i'm like sign them he's like just make it look as good as you can i was like all right and then here I am signing autographs. Like, who they go? I don't know who they're going to. I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. I don't know, dude. I used to do that with uh, with Derek Coleman and oh. Kenny Anderson. Yeah, I, I would Kenny write. I, I would write Michael Coleman or Michael right. Anderson. I'd be like their little brother, and yeah. whoever the balls are going to, they there would be a new guy yeah. on, on the basketball. Yeah, he's like, look, I just go like this and show me, and I'm like, oh God, what am I doing right here? Am I signing this? Yeah, that was great times, man. I was—I remember Sam Bowie, the Nets. Oh, man. Were you with the Nets? Sam, I remember the Sam Bowie days. Yeah, man, I was there, 1990. 
I was there. Wow. Yeah, that was that's crazy at the time. I started in '89 in the Salt Palace, Ooh. and then it was the last year of the Salt Palace, and they were moving to the Delta Center back at the time. It's like I think it was Mark Eaton's second to last or last year, and then Thurl Bailey's uh, oh last year was the first year in the Delta Center, I think. And then uh, you just brought yeah. back two names: Mark Eaton and Thurl Bailey. Whoa, wow. the big white wall. Oh, big, the giant white wall. Giant. He couldn't shoot worth shit. No, he, he could. He, he could get you two points maybe per game, but on yeah. defense, that dude was a giant white wall. All he had to do was stand there and take up space. He was a monster. He, he was a monster. That's how he got away with it. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. I still have. I still have Carl uh, Malone and John Stockton's. Uh, I have Carl Malone's wristband, the mailman. Oh, nice. And then I got John Stockton to sign these two books but carl was like he was weird like sometimes he he was a nice guy and then other times he'd be like a straight jerk yeah like he was I, like trying to be all business uh, probably on the on visiting teams and and he was sometimes you know he had family problems so sometimes he'd show up at the delta center he was in a bad mood and you knew when to approach him and when not to approach him but i could always give him shit i was the only ball who wasn't afraid of these players so my first time ever my buddy was a ball boy. He's like, hey, do you want to come to this? The, it was the, the practice or the, the preseason um, pickup game, you know, the games they do uh, yeah. early season. It was here in Utah. They host that. And it was hosted here. So we were doing the, we were the ball boys for that whole tournament. And uh, my first time was meeting him at Westminster at practice. And I, he's like, ball man, you know, he's, give, me a, give me a Gatorade. Give me a green Gatorade. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I run out and I go get him and then I, I give it to him. And they're stretching. They're in the middle of court stretching while they're right before practice. So I give him the Gatorade, and he like chucks it back to me. And I have to catch it, and I'm like standing there. And at that point, I realize like waiting to, for him. To, he's going to say thank you. He has to say thank. You. Standing there, I'm still standing on the court. Everyone's like, "What are you doing?" Like everyone's looking at me like, well, "Get!" All. I'm like standing. He's like, "You need something?" And I was like, "Yeah, maybe a thank you." And David Benoit was sitting, David Benoit was stretching next to him and David Benoit rolls over and started laughing. He's like, Oh no, the ball man just told you where to go. And Carl looks up at me. I'm like, you know, just a regular thank you would be great. Wow. And Stockton started laughing and Stockton's laughing. And that's where he's like, you go sit down. I'm going to talk to you later. And I was like, yeah, I will go. And that's what it started as the, because all the ball boys were afraid to talk to the players. They would stalk and would ask them for a towel, and they'd run, give them the towel, and run back like they were the tennis return guys at yeah. Wimbledon. Right? They were afraid. They wouldn't say a word. I'm like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime job. Yeah. How can we not say something to them? How can you not say something to them and talk to them? Like, so we got to know them like on that level that most people don't get to know. Them. Only their family members get to know them on that kind of level. So your, your first impression was to Carl Malone, for you, for him waiting to say thank you. You were waiting for him to say thank you. That's, yeah, he was rude. Um, first impression already, he didn't even say thank you. That's the same thing with in. Charles Barkley in the locker room. And Kevin Johnson fell off the bench. It was like, oh, my God, it's the best thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah, dude, like, you got to tell the story. I heard this story. You oh, it's tell the this. best thing I ever heard. He's like, that was the funniest thing I've heard all year. And so tell, like, tell me, tell about the Charles Barkley story, man. You so the, he's him. playing with the Phoenix Suns. I get to meet him. I'm doing the, I finally get to do the visiting locker room um, because back then it was by seniority, right? So the top yeah. ball boys 
they got to do the visiting locker room because that's where you made the most money. You're getting yep. like 200 bucks a night in cash. Yep. Plus you're getting your hourly. Uh, we got two tickets to the game. So like, and then you get to meet the players and you're just, there's only two ball boys in the entire locker room. So yeah. that was where you wanted to go. So I was, you know, waiting for my turn to work visitors and I got the Phoenix Suns with uh, Barkley and KJ and we're going to the finals, I think. And it was hilarious because I'm sitting in the middle of the room, just running errands, Dan Marley, you know, over there getting like towels and just make standing in the middle of the locker room before the game. They're getting taped in the back, getting taped up in the, in the right behind me. And I hear, the, I, all of a sudden I hear this ball man, like, he's like, man, get me a towel, man. Get me an orange Gatorade again. And I'm like, stand there. And but he yelled it like ball man. Like, I didn't like the way he yelled it. And so I'm standing there and Kevin Johnson's getting his shoes. He's tying his shoes on right next to me. And he's like, just tying. And then all of a sudden he's like, ball man, are you deaf? And KJ looks up. He's like, hey, man, Charles is talking to you. And I'm like, I know. Uh, did you hear the way he's talking to me? Do you like the way he's talking to me? And he rolls off. The, he rolls to the side and starts laughing. He's like, that's the funniest shit I've heard. All. And all of a sudden, I feel this presence. I still haven't turned around. And you know, you could feel like when there's a presence near yeah. you without even looking. I could feel there's this giant body behind me and it's right in my ear. He's like, ball, man, did you, did you not get me my Gatorade yet? <laughs> and I turn around, I'm like, I did, Charles. And I go, you know what? I make four fifty an hour plus tips. How much do you make? The least you can do. The least you can do is say thank you and please, please, ball, man, go get me a Gatorade. I make four fifty an hour. In the middle of the locker room, they all started laughing. They're like, oh, shit. He, oh he grabs me by God. the shoulder. He's like, come here, young one. Come over here. Sit down next to me. He's like, where are you from? And, like, talk to me. And that's how he got to know him all. Michael Jordan, same thing. I'm sitting in the locker room. I wasn't even supposed to be in that locker room. And I, um, they were sold out. No tickets left. And he needed two more tickets. And I wasn't using my ball boy seats yet. My dad and brother weren't going. So I was like, you can have mine. He's like, that's what? Crazy. he's like yeah I was just i was standing in the right place at the right time he's like what he's like you have two tickets and i was like i've got my two bobbles they're shitty they're upper bowl you know nosebleed but you can have them and he's like i'll buy them from you and i was like nah, I wanna, i'm gonna buy beer i was in college i was like i'm gonna buy beer with it like all right you know what are you gonna give me for it? he's like you know what you can have my shoes after the game and then Whoa. i said hell yes that's what i was like deal i didn't even think of that like why did no. i think of that but i was like i was so nervous in like Hold talking up. to him Hold up, dude. The trade here. Yeah. Tickets up in the nosebleeds. For, yeah. He traded you his game sneakers. Yeah. That's an insane trade. Yeah. Do you know, like, how long it took me just to, like, talk to Mike? Oh, I was scared shitless. I was, I was so nervous. I was so nervous talking to him. That was, your, that was your first time talking to him? That was my first time talking to him because it's the first time I got to even go close to the locker room. I was still not a senior. I still wasn't even supposed to be in the visiting locker room. Yeah, Because no one was going to stop me. I couldn't wait to see Michael Jordan. So I had to be in the locker room when they, when they got there and, like, you know, just stand there and watch. So I, I made it in there. But he needed tickets that I had to. Holy cow, dude. Yeah. That is insane. Your first yeah. meeting with MJ and you're offering him your tickets and he's yeah. offering you to trade his sneakers. Uh, and he and this is the game where everyone booed him so because they just announced that utah was going to get the all-star game and it was in february and michael jordan came out saying like yeah 
I mean, it's, it's, it's great they're getting it, but it's going to be really boring. We're going to be snowed in. There's nowhere to go. Like, we don't – what are we going to do, go skiing? What are we, are we going to go snowboarding? Like, during the – like, we're going to be stuck in our hotel rooms. There's no clubs. You know, there's nothing to do here. So he, he got in trouble for that comment. So um, that's when he was coming into town, and every time he touched the ball, the fans booed him. It was loud. Even as soon as he caught the ball, he was getting booed. And if, there's clips of it. If you Google it, I think there's clips of it. It's a 1992 regular season jazz game. What happens is they boo him because of what he said, and, and they, the Bulls are getting pummeled. The Jazz are playing on fire. They're up by like 19, 20 points going into halftime. And right at halftime with one second left, he pulls up a jumper from middle court right on the logo, right on the Jazz logo in the middle of the court, a jumper, not a heave-ho, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a run and throw the ball. It was a pull-up jumper from half court and nothing but net at, to end the half. And he stood there in the middle of the court before he left clapping so as cocky. the fans were, like, booing him. So and cocky. that fired him up. He went in the locker room. In that game, the Jazz were up by, like, 11 points in the fourth quarter with only, like, seven minutes to go. And Michael Jordan didn't pass the ball the rest of the game and beat the Jazz by, like, six points. <laughs> And they were up by – the Jazz were up by 11. I was like – I kept hitting my ball boy, buddy. We were underneath the standard. And I was like, are you watching this? Like, nobody could stop the guy. He would go down, shoot, three-pointer, done. Come down, drive in the paint, dunk. I'm like, no one could stop this guy. Like, for the last seven minutes, no one could stop him. And he beat the Jazz by himself in 92. That was a 92 regular season game, man. It was ridiculous. And the, and the crowd gave him motivation. Oh, they fired him up by booing him every time. And that was the wrong thing to do to that guy. You did not want to boo him. Let me tell you. No, no, no. And so wait, so after the game, and then he gave you his sneakers. Yeah. yeah. What was that I, feeling like? Oh, I, you know, the, so reporters are rallying around his locker. They're waiting to ask him questions. He's like, yo, man, get out of the way. He's like, Alex. He's like, Alex, all of a sudden I'm standing in the back. And he's like, Alex, let the man through. He's like, he's, like, he's got his shoes and he signs them and he's like holding them up. And all of a sudden it parted like the Red Sea. It was like the Red Sea parting. And I went in there and he's like, hey, thanks, man. He's like, these are yours. And I took him. And I remember just grabbing him, wrapping him in a, in a, in a towel, one of the, the locker room towels. And I booked it to the, my locker. And I just stuffed him in my locker and locked him in there until, the, until after we got to leave. But yeah. I, didn't, I, know like, you, I know you Three couldn't. ball boys knew I got him. Yeah. Eventually they all found out I got him. But that night. There was only three ballways that saw me get them. And so I'd already locked them up by the time nobody even knew. The trainer didn't even know I got them. Yeah, I was going to say, like, did any, anybody get pissed that, that you took oh, them? Oh, yeah. The two ballways that were in that locker room that were, were the veteran ballways oh. that were working, um, they were pissed that I was in there because I wasn't supposed to be in there. But they got oh, pissed. Like, hey, man, this is a once-in-a-lifetime job. I'm, you're not going yeah. to stop me from taking chances on a once-in-a-lifetime job. So, yeah. I, I, so. I know those feelings, man, because it, it took me, what, five, six years to work in the, in the visiting team locker room for the Nets. And when I did work in the locker room, that's when I got a chance to really get close to the players and, and talk yeah. to them. Right. And then there was one time where I asked Mike, because I used to go in there, you know, see Scottie Pippen and see a couple of other players, but I was mainly cool with, with Pippen. So I I would always lace up his sneakers before the game. He, you know, he'd give me a tip. Oh, I'd be like, yo, it's cool, man, because you always take care of me. 
Right. Are you so with the, Nets, the Nats or the Knicks at this both, point? Both. Both. You were, so you did both games? Oh, because they, they so, both play in the same arena? Well, no. I, I was with the New Jersey Nets from 1990 to 98. And then the lockout happened in 98. And I wasn't working, but I kept in contact with a couple of Knicks players. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, hey, man, I would love to work for the Knicks. I'm not with the Nets no more. He was like, yo, we got you, man. So really? it, was, it was Chris Childs and, and uh, Larry Johnson that got yeah, me a job with the Knicks. <laughs> and I was, I was with the Knicks from 2000 to 2003. But my the best years were in the 90s. And yeah. I had asked Mike right after I laced up Pippen's sneakers. I was like, Mike, can I lace your sneakers? So as, as soon as I bent down to touch the sneakers, he was like, you touch my sneakers and I'll shoot your fingers off. Yeah. So I was like, come on, Mike, yeah. stop playing around. <laughs> He's like, nah, go ahead, boy. But I, I understood him. Like, it, you got Mike's got to trust you before he lets you like. Oh, big time. Close. To or him. you do him a favor. Or if yeah. you get in and do him a favor real quick, then he'll trust you. Yeah, like run these tickets um, up at the last minute, or go. You know, yeah. who's the, who's that chick over there? Oh no, you can't talk to oh, her. Yeah. That, that's yeah. one of the players' wife. Oh, yeah. Okay, I ain't gonna, uh, I'm not gonna talk to her. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he came in two months later for the All Star game, so I was waiting. They're like, you know, what do you, what locker room do you want to work? The East or the West? I was like, East. I'm waiting. I mean, I was there waiting. I had the locker room ready. They were first time coming in. I'm ready, waiting. He was like the third player into the locker room, and I went straps down straight next to him. He's like, "What's up, man?" I'm like, "Hey, what's up? I got some favors this weekend." He's like, "Oh God, man." He's like, "Seriously?" He's like, I, "We haven't started yet. I just got here." And I'm like, "No." They're good favors. I don't want an autograph. He's like, what? You don't want my autograph? I'm like, I don't want an autograph. I need you to visit. Like, my brother wants to meet him. And my brother was born without any hands to the wrist. He was like 11 years older than me. Wow. So he's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you know, so my brother just wants to meet. So, you know, if we can meet you sometimes. Like, well, only time would be like at the hotel up my room. I'm like, whatever works. Like, uh, and he's like, okay, come, you know, bring him to my room. And I was Holy like, well, you got to, you know, you got to remember, uh, I mean, he doesn't have any hands. So when he shakes your hand, just don't be shocked. Because people will get shocked when, when my brother would put his hand out. There wasn't anything there. They're like, so he's like, man, don't you know how to, I, I'm going to act around a handicapped person? I was like, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I don't even know why I was saying that. But I'll see you later. But it was hilarious. So I tell my brother, and he's excited. He can't believe it's happening because he grew up with Dr. J. His, his idol was Dr. J. And Dr. J comes into the story. This plays into the same following night. Um, but, uh, I, we get to the hotel and there's so many people just outside waiting for autographs and trying to get pictures of them as they, they're all staying at the little America. And, uh, we get up there and I'm like, yeah, I'm here to see Michael Jordan. The security laughs at me. They're like, yeah, right. Kid. Uh, everyone here is here to see Michael Jordan. And I'm like, no, I really oh, am. Like, yeah. yeah. So they wouldn't let us in. And so I had to call the hotel and talk to the manager and tell him, look, I'm being serious. I'm outside. I'm here to see Michael. You can call his room. So like, all right, hold on a minute. And they called his room and he said, yeah, let him up. So then he come running out and finally they let us through and we get up to this room and he, he opens the door. And he's just in a short, just showing a t-shirt and shorts and he yeah. opens the door and my brother who walks in and they hit it off and talking all night about him. And we're sitting in his room, just chilling to watch an ESPN talking about sports. And he's asking my brother questions the whole night. That's that's insane, yeah. man. You and your brother actually sitting there with Michael Jordan, just oh, having yeah. a, a conversation. Well, yep. I'm crap shitting his pants, man. I mean, it Holy was hilarious. Cow. I know you probably couldn't sleep that room. night. Yeah. 
So he was excited. And then um, um, the next day was the all-star party before the su- game on Sunday and the celebrities show up. And uh, I got into the, I was getting into the party with Cedric Sabalas. Oh, the dunk, Zed. the blind dunk champion, the dunk <laughs> champion. So I was great friends with Cedric after that incident with Charles Barkley. I made fun and like he, I was his go-to guy every time the Phoenix Suns came in. I was Cedric's guy. Like he was tipping me a hundred bucks a, a game just to go get him alcohol. Get a they they were going home. They needed a bottle of some you know vodka or something for the plane ride. So he would get send me to the liquor store to go get all this stuff. And I was getting the all-star party and we get into the all-star party with my brother again. And he's, there's the first table. There's like this one table. Yeah. They're all set. And you go in this giant room and there's tables set for food and entertainment. And we sit down. He's like, just sit down here. He's like, I gotta go say hi to a bunch of people. I'm like, yeah, me and my brother just sit down at the table inside the party. And next, you know, George Gervin, because I was make I was great friends with the Spurs. And he was assistant coach. Iceman George Gervin comes up and puts his hand on my shoulder. We're sitting at the table. He's like, young man, what's up? And I'm like, <gasps> George. I called him George because I wasn't old enough to know he was the Iceman. And my brother's like, oh, my God, it's the Iceman. And I was like, the Iceman? And he was like, oh, this your brother? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, he's 11 years older than me. So he grew up with Dr. J and the Iceman and those guys. And I was like, the Iceman? And he's like my finger roll and he like does the finger roll my brother's like yeah he's the ice he had the best finger roll in the nba wait he, the he says that to you he yeah goes, the finger roll yeah the finger roll and stunned and he sits down next to me and we're talking again he's like how'd you get into this party right and i'm like too sad and so um he's sitting there and all of a sudden hand comes from behind him and grabs him in the shoulders like ice man right and he looks at his michael it's uh, magic johnson magic johnson saying hi to him and he's like, yeah, man, sit down at this table. Talk to me for a minute. Don't go anywhere. So Magic Johnson sits down next to him right at the table. And me and my brother are just like sitting there having drinks going, that's magic. And Iceman just sitting next to him. He's like, yeah, that's the Iceman. And all of a sudden, Michael Jordan comes around the corner and he grabs Magic and he says something stupid in his ear. And he sits down and he looks at me. He's like, what are you doing here? I was with you guys last night, man. Can you stop following me? And I was like, it's not my fault. We got it with said. I'm like, it wasn't my bad. We're not here to see you anyways. And he laughed because I never wanted anything from him. I never wanted one. I only had, I only had four autographs. I still have one left and the game worn shoes. And then those, the other ones got sold. And then um, there was a poster I sold. So I only have one, uh, two autographs of him left of every, of the, I was there for eight years and I only have four autographs, Michael Jordan. Only? Only? I was there. I mean, that's more than enough, man. Oh, man. Listen, first of I had ball boys that were like trying to get like one every time he came. Like they were getting like 10 things signed every time he came. Well, you know, that's that was always the thing when MJ came. There was at least like 10 to 20 oh, things that he had to sign. Yeah, he, he had to sign it. He yeah. couldn't stand it, but he would do it, though. He would do it sometimes. Yeah. But oh. so wait, because I only have I only have two things signed by my, Michael Jordan. There are two two Sports Illustrated magazine he signed for me. And that that took me, you know, it took me quite some time for him to be cool um, to sign it. Right. How much did you get for your items? If if I'm allowed to ask. Oh yeah. So the shoes were finally sold for like forty three thousand. Um, oh. I I probably probably could have waited. I I just there was that crip. I but you know what? I can buy them back someday because I took the money. 
and I invested in crypto. Oh, and nice. I doubled my income. I doubled the amount. So nice. Uh, I, uh, I used the money to buy a house and uh, invest the rest of it into crypto. And I did that. And, um, and now those, they sold for 43000 And then I had a poster that sold for 4000 um, And the autographed, uh, the other autographed picture I had, I gave to a friend as a, as a gift. As but a you, you, gift. you held on to the sneakers for like 20 years though, right? Yeah. I held on to them for a long time. Nice. So just last, what, two, three years ago. 20, what, 2017? Yeah, they 2017, off? they auctioned off. Nice, man. Uh, my buddy, that other ball boy, got lucky and got the flu shoes, and he's the one that sold his for 100000 Oh, yeah. So the flu shoes, I don't know. They were more. They were worth more because they were the flu shoes in the finals, I guess. Because you was in the final. You Utah Jazz ball boys took this good stuff. Oh man, he got lucky with those ones. After he, after Jordan came there and iced y'all, y'all took. He yeah. gave y'all the good stuff. That's I why guess, he did in it. a way. There was wow. certain ball boys, like I said, once they saw me, I was the, I was a patriarch. Uh, so once I saw me interacting with the players, the other ball boys got a little more confidence and started talking to the players. Because, I mean, I was playing, I was hamming it up. I was, I was literally sitting next to players in the visitor room, and I knew. As soon as they would tip me for my college, like I would tell them, I was like, they're like, Tim Hardaway came in and he was like, yo, man, what's up? I'm like, oh. hey, how you doing, Tim? And he was playing the Game Boy at the time. He had the, the Game Boy and he thought he was the shit at uh, Tetris. And Game Boy Tetris just came out. And I had, I was like, nobody could beat me in Tetris. And I was sitting there and I'd be like, man, I, I don't know, I'm struggling. He's like, what's up, man? What's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, it's schoolwork. Like, I'm trying to work. I got two jobs to pay for college and I got to work two jobs. So I never get to hang out with my friends. He's like, no, man. He's like, well, it's like, yeah, books are like 300. And he's like, I got you after the game. I'm, I got you. And I'm like, he give me 300 bucks yeah. to help pay for my books. So yeah. at that point I was like, oh shit, I could use this on every player. <laughs> Wait a minute. I could, I could talk to all the players. Next thing you know, by my last year, I was leaving the locker room with probably like 500 to a thousand dollars a night. Like yeah, I believe cash, you, dude. Like in cash. All right, so wait. Oh, like I, a stripper. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're selling your services. <laughs> I made as much as a stripper, and I didn't have to get naked. Yeah. <laughs> All you had to do was just sit there and talk to him. Just talk to him and sit there and make him feel sorry for you a little bit. <laughs> sorry about the hard way. Too, hey, hey, he loves me. In fact, I bet he still remembers me because I took his Game Boy from We bet on who would get the highest score and Chris Mullen went running out on the court to show him my score, and it was like double as his. And he's like, you just lost your Game Boy. And I, I was like, yes. And he left Salt Lake City without his Game Boy. He had to, the plane ride was a long ride for him with no Game Boy. Yeah, Tim Tim is a cool dude, he, and he was a great tipper, too. He was a good tipper because oh. it was a couple of times, like, there was certain players on certain teams um, like you that I would take care of. Like, I would, I would bring their, their bag and they'd be like, all right, I'm sitting on the bus, last seat, left-hand side, on the passenger side. And I remember that I'd take the bag of the bus. i get like $20, $50. But it wasn't until the last two years when I worked in the locker room that I really started making good money. I was, like you said, I was making like two, three hundred in cash yeah. just from the trainers. And then maybe like another $50, $75 just in tips from the players. But yeah, like there was I had go-to players like Reggie Miller. Oh, um, greatest. 
He was he was a great tipper. Oh, the greatest. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Him and Dennis Rodman. Unbelievable. Rod- nicest Damn, guy. man. Nicest guy. In I didn't even have to tell him to say thank you, please. Anything. He, oh. and he, was, oh, he was the most nicest dude. It was a switch. When he went on the court, it was an act. It was like time to act. Yeah. And he would act. But when in the locker room, he went back to normal Rodman. And it was, he was the nicest guy I ever met. One of them. And yeah, crazy man. enough. The, the the guys that were getting ejected, the Latrell Spreewells, the uh, Vern Maxwells from Houston, nicest guys in the yep. locker room. Like, Vern Maxwell was so nicest. cool. Vern Maxwell, we went to clubs together. I, I, was, I drove him to a club in Salt Lake City in my center. I was in college, so <laughs> I was just turned 22 years old, 21, 22, and he came in. And he's like, what's there to do tonight? Let's go out to a club. I'm like, let's go. And here I am. I'm going to the club, stop at a red light. I'm in a 19, like, 91 Sentra, Nissan Sentra, with Vern Maxwell in the back seat. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm driving Vern Maxwell in a Sentra in the back seat going to a club. And he's like, and you're driving like an old lady. I'm like, damn it. But you're in the back. I don't want to get in a crash. He's like, drive faster. And so we get to the club, and he just goes off. He's, he's already got three girls in his lap. He's paying for our drinks. We're waiting to take him back. He's going, he's like, Hey, let's go, man. We're probably there maybe an hour and a half. And then it was bounce time to go to the hotel. He, he probably had some coming back with them. So they're going to meet him there. <laughs> so we had to take him back to the hotel. Room 112. Yeah, those guys were nice. <laughs> man, it was crazy times. Jerry Sloan, man. I was the first ball he bought a shop for. Like, I, it was my birthday on the 21st. We opened what? this restaurant. Wait, yeah, Jerry again? Sloan. Jerry Sloan. What you shot? Jerry Sloan, god damn it, get running. <laughs> god damn it, that's a foul. <laughs> god damn it, Jerry, that's a foul. Technical foul. Get off the court, Jerry. God damn it. That's <laughs> Oh god, Jerry Sloan knocked over. I I was yeah. Jerry Sloan was a his own coach. He, he was Bobby Knight back in the day. He was a Bobby Knight, head coach. But yeah, Holy cow. Was, he bought uh, you a shot. Oh, he was the nicest guy. And I, I ran a lot of errands, taking tickets up to the, so got to know him really well. And yeah, when I turned 21, he's like, Alex, come on. We're going out tonight to that jazz restaurant, the Hot Rod Hunley. So they opened a, a jazz themed restaurant here in Utah. They tried to open it. It was a Hot Rod Hunley's and it was all jazz themed. So autograph is like a hard rock cafe, but like all jazz stuff. And so it's opening night and we went and had drinks and he's like, it's your birthday. I'm buying all the shots and all the shots, <laughs> drinking whiskey shots with, with Coach Sloan. I like asking him, like, God, that referees. Like, I don't even want to talk about that son of a. That guy. We had some referees. That Don Garrettson. Oh my God. And this show is brought to you by A Ball Boy's Journey, a memoir by Michael Carter Jr. Now available on Amazon.com or by going to www.michaelmotivates.org/books. Garretson should never come back to Salt Lake City, Utah. Any of the Garretson family referees, Garretsons, you guys hated the Jazz and you hated Sloan for some kind of reason. Oh my God! He didn't. He didn't kiss their ass. Cause man, you talking Jazz? Y- y'all fans, man, are just like I heard about your fans, man. They're just rough. Well, hold on. Oh, well, it's Let's gotten get... uglier. It wasn't that ugly when we were ball boys. Nobody yelled, nobody yelled gross things like they do today. Like, no, back then, I mean, you heard people yelling, but they didn't yell like 
racist, uh, ugly names like they do today. I don't know what's happening. Something's gotten out of control. But like, yeah, I mean, Utah fans uh, are gotten worse. They're probably, I mean, any, I, they probably don't ask the players enough, but they should ask them what is the worst arenas that you get yelled at, the grossest things. Pretty sure that Utah. Vivint Arena, Vivint Utah. Arena's in the new list. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> ask John Morant. <laughs> yeah. ask ask him what he thinks about utah fans they're the worst so wait now we talk about good players what what players were like the worst to deal with or like bad oh akeem olajuwon if i ever see that guy i'm actually gonna punch him in the face somewhere <laughs> and walking down the street that guy's the tipped. worst never tipped anything never tipped. and he he gave me his all-star book he's like i was just walking through the western locker room i wasn't even i was working the east but i had to go get some stuff from the other locker room so i went in there and hakeem's like hey Bolman, come, you get autograph for my book. I'm like, yeah, autograph what? I'm not working this locker room. He's like, you get autograph, all, the, all players in the East. You work East. I'm like, yeah, I work the East. Okay, then you get autograph. I'm like, uh, all right, Travis book. And I come back and I get all the autographs of all the Eastern team. And I have to take it back, take it back to the lodge. And he's like, Thank. takes it out of my hand. He's like, thank you. And I'm like, no tip. yeah, I'm waiting, tipping. I just got you a book. So that book's worth like $5,000 and you're not going to tip me. And he turns around and he's like, what'd you say? And I'm like, you're tipping me for that book or you can give it back to me. I'm selling it back to you. Actually. Yes. You should tip me. He's like, well, you want tip for the book? Uh, yeah. And everybody looked in the locker room and he's like, he grabbed like a 50 and he like gave it to me. He's like, I had to like, he was the worst. He never tipped. I, we hated the Rockets. We played the Rockets in the playoffs, and we, like, this other senior, Bobo, I was like, hey, I'm like, he's like, hey, go get the chalkboard for, you know, Rudy Tomjanovich and the fucking Hakeem Olajuans and those guys. I think Kenny Smith was on the team at the time, too. Oh, and all cool those dude. guys. Yeah, and they were, uh, we're in the playoffs, and <laughs> he's like, hey, Rock, go get the – we need the whiteboard. Set up the locker room. I'm like, all right. Totally, like, walking down the hallway, I, had, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get the whiteboard. I'm going to let them wait until they need it. And I went and did something else. Totally forgot about it. Rockets show up and Rudy's, he, they go in the coach's room. So they don't come out until like 30 minutes before the game, remember? So 30 minutes before the game, they all go back in the locker room because they got to get their, their pregame pep talk and, and planning. And that's when they use the whiteboard. So all of a sudden, 30 minutes, all the players run back in the locker room. And all of a sudden you hear like, God damn it! Like, like all of a sudden, security's like, and then my boss is like, "Aira, did you get the whiteboard?" I'm like, "Ah, uh, yeah, I thought I did." They don't have it in the locker room. Go get it! And I'm like, "Oh!" So I walk in there. Rudy, wait, took like five minutes, wasted ten minutes of their time. Rudy had no whiteboard to draw the game plan on because I purposely didn't want to get. I hated the Rockets. They were such douchebags, oh except for God. Vernon Maxwell. Vernon Maxwell was the nicest Maxwell. guy on the team. And, and Kenny yeah. Smith. Kenny Smith Kenny was cool. Smith. He was Kenny a cool Smith dude. Kenny Smith was real cool. He, he was, was real cool. cool, real smooth, and he was, and he was a nice tipper, too. He yeah, tipped. he was. He was a good tipper. But wait, it sounds like you guys in Utah, Utah Jazz Bowls had a lot of fun. It, it sounds like it wasn't as strict as it was for me being a ball boy with the Nets. Yeah, like, it probably wasn't. I mean, I, again, I broke – it was strict. I mean, I broke, I broke probably most of the rules – but they realized that, you know, I was actually being genuine. And so they didn't really care, I guess, as much. But there were certain rules we weren't supposed to do. 
and I pretty much broke all of them. So, I mean, they could fire me if they wanted, but that gave the the ball boys confidence to just start talking to them like humans. That's what they like. So I think we were getting a good rapport that in Utah, we were very respectful, but at the same time, we treated them like humans because we were, I don't know. Sometimes they hated autographs. You couldn't even ask them for an autograph. Yeah, you couldn't. There were certain players that wouldn't sign if it was like a Spalding ball or something. Had to do I put, asked David Robinson one time for an autograph. Never again. Never. And I almost like it was like painful to him. And then on the card, he put like some Bible verse. I don't know. You know, yeah. some kind of like some kind of Bible verse at the bottom. I'm like, what is this Bible <laughs> verse? What is it? I just asked for your autograph, not words of wisdom. What is this? Like the Admiral getting all <laughs> biblical. Joseph 317. What is the Joseph 317? What does that mean? You're still going to lose. I actually made John Stockton's job. If hopefully, if he sees this ever, if some of these stories get out, we could get him in trouble. But, uh, but wait, who? Um, yeah. All right, did you ever travel? Wait, so you got to work for the All Star Game, which I always wanted to work, but I never got a chance to work. So that's yeah. super cool. But did you ever travel with the team to other cities in the playoffs? So if they made it to the playoffs, they they took two ball boys, and there was always the senior senior ball boys or whoever was the senior ball boy that year. So I went to uh, Denver and Portland and Houston. So I got oh. to go to three because um, we were playing said, uh, Clyde Drexler and Terry Porter, Kevin Duckworth, oh. and the Portland, the ones that met Jordan in the finals. Uh, Clyde Drexler's only visit. Or no, did he get one with Houston? No, I don't remember. No, no. Just with Portland. He didn't yeah. go back again, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Blazers went to Oregon and Denver. Oh, they were yelling. I mean, they were not yelling bad things, but just scary things. And I was the ball boy. I was scared just to be in Denver. Oh, I can uh, imagine. They were yelling at the ball boys in the playoffs. Like, hey, man, we're not even playing. You know what I mean? What do you – this is a very evil crowd. I don't know. That was my, like, first visit on the playoffs, riding on the plane. Get off the plane. We go to the hotel. We get our rooms. And then we have to go set up locker and then the game, before the game, man, fans were already starting to flood in. And they were, yeah, if they saw us on the court with the Jazz logo, they were already yelling at us. Oh, they were already. Oh, God. I'm like, man, we're just the ball boys, man. Take it easy. <laughs> hey, Matumbo's losing tonight anyways. <laughs> yeah, and so, and I was there. That was when Larry Miller, that was the playoff game when it was the second playoff game. So we had two in Denver. And the second game, they were, again, getting throttled uh, right before halftime. The Jazz were losing by, like, almost 20, I think, again. And nobody could stop Mahmoud. I mean, Stockton had no chance stopping Mahmoud. Oh, Mahmoud. Rauf. No, he had no chance stopping, stopping Chris Jackson. Oh, he, can you say that? I don't know. I think you can say that. I don't know. Like, I haven't even heard that name, though. Nobody mentions Chris Jackson. They just Chris Mahmoud. Jackson. And Mahmoud, Mahmoud, man. He was the yeah. first one to kneel down and not stand up during right. the national during anthem. During the national anthem. He would turn his back or he would sit on the bench, and he got in trouble for that one. Yep. And that, that those guys have a right. Career. They have a right to speak up and talk about problems in this country because we're not perfect and we're far from it. And if nobody talks about it, then they're going to keep going. So don't get angry when they kneel, and don't get angry when they don't stand up. Everybody chill out and realize that there's just – talking about there's a lot of problems in that's country. right let that's the players it. stand and make their stand that's and let it. them speak they have a voice too uh, yeah they do and i wouldn't be playing either if i was 
anything like that happened in front of me. Like, I was there. So the point of the story is, um, their jazz are losing. Carmelo's playing like sh- And Larry Miller had a front row seat, and he comes walking over. I'm, I'm doing the bench, and there was reporters all next to my right. It's a playoff game against the Nuggets. And Larry and Miller comes running over, and as he's going to the locker room before the games, before it's halftime, he yells at Sloan, and he says, get that beep off the, off the court. Get the end guy. Get that end guy. Get that end guy off the court. No. That's what he yells. The rep- two reporters next to me jump up, and they're like, oh, my God, did you hear that? Did you hear no. that? And he's like, I heard that. I heard that. They went running. They went running to their computers. And next thing you know, it was on, it was the next, like, news, like, the next day later, Larry Miller busted Colin, Carl Malone. And that's when Carl Malone got in trouble with, like, some of the NBA players because he accepted Larry Miller's apology, and they called him oh, an yeah. Uncle Tom. I that's had, right. like, I think Derek Coleman was against yeah, him. I think Derek that, Coleman yes. was a huge yes, it one was. that came out and said, Carl Malone's an Uncle Tom, man. I would never yep. play for an owner that called me that. No, he should never forgive him. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And he came out like Derek did do that, too. And so there were a lot of guys he was playing against calling him an Uncle Tom. Derek, and Derek were, did not like Carl Malone. Carl Malone was no. not liked by, by a lot of players. He was not yeah, liked. Yeah, well then, And he was a Southern guy. So, yeah, they probably didn't like that kind of that I, kind of bowing down to the Larry Miller like that. Like, I, you know, I, I like, kind of yeah. heard a rumor. I don't know if it was true in the 90s that Carl Malone didn't like dating black women. I don't know how true that was, but... Yeah, he was all over the board. I mean, he yeah. was dating so many women at one point. Like, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, they, they went to the Olympics for Barcelona, and I had, you know, let's just say that he's been... There were a few women there to visit him after Barcelona <laughs> yeah. um, that came to the game, and I had to, I had to deflect and hide K... I had, to, I had to take his wife. He's like, man, just take my wife to the kids' room, something. Like, distract her. Take her to the other room. This girl's coming. I'm like, what do you, what? I'm like, it's distract. So I had to take his wife to the kids' room, distract her, because he's got visitors coming. I don't know what that means, but, yeah, it was crazy. Like, that guy was all over the board, not just, like, I, yeah. Let me tell you, there was one point guard with the uh, Seattle Supersonics, and he was like, um, he was like, come on, little bro. He was like, let me show you how a player do it. So he, after the game, he takes me and we're walking around the back area and he's got like six women there and they're all scattered in different areas. And he's like, watch how I do this. He goes to talk to one girl. He sits there, talks to her for like a good three, four minutes, laughing, goes to the next girl. He's like, come on, little bro. We're going to go to the next one. He took me to six different girls in the back locker room area just to talk to all of them and didn't get caught now one time. Not one time. Not one yeah. time. And he was smooth. He he was smooth. Yeah. And he know how to capture them. I'll tell you, how many times did you have to go up into the stands and get a girl's number? Oh, uh, well, once a week, if not twice a week, <laughs> at least. Every time. I'm like, really? Her? All right. Gotta go. I'll go get I don't her know how they yet. saw uh, it, though. I don't know how they saw that? her. Yeah. Yeah. You see that guy on the bench over there in the green jersey? His name's Sean Kemp. His name's Gary Payton. Uh, you wanna? You, you, he wants to talk to you after the game. Is that cool? Oh, God, no. And then sometimes they get dogged, and you're like, "Ha She didn't show up. <laughs> she totally dogged you. <laughs> Gary Payton's like, "Shut up, man. I'm gonna get some." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Yeah, you ain't getting nothing." Have you ever did anything for for Sean Kemp? He he was cool. He was oh, quiet. Yeah. Oh, I was the two greatest guys. So. They came in Thursday night, and Thursday nights here used to be country night. So any of the bars, clubs, 
they just had a country theme. So it was always country night, like, because that got the most people out. And so I'm like, it's Thursday night. If you want to go out, get some country boots and a hat, and you guys will fit right in. And they're like, no way, really? And Gary's like, we're going to have to light it up in the room. And I was like, I heard him like, what? What? Hey, uh, I'm not doing anything after the game. Can you think I can swing by? Yeah, you want to come up? Camp's like, yeah, you want to come up? I'm like, yeah. Go up to the hill, the Marriott to the room. They open the door. And they got a little one foot bong they carried in his, like, I guess, case. And the, the base of the bong was an actual leather NBA basketball. Oh, so it was yeah. a bong with an actual leather, like, ball. I was like, is that a real ball? He's like, I'm squeezing it a little. He's like, yeah, it's a real NBA. He got a real NBA mini ball made with leather and everything. I was that on the base is of the super bong. cool. Yeah, Sean Kemp Holy and Gary cow. Payton. I know? remember I had to write. Sean Kemp had me write these tickets. He had me write on an envelope tickets he was giving to some girl, but he was like, he didn't want no type of evidence that he <laughs> was, that the tickets were coming from him. Yeah. So he made me write her name and write my name, who the tickets are from on the envelope. Oh. And, and then, and I had to take him upstairs to the will call. And he was like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want her to know it's for me. I don't want nobody to know. I gave this girl tickets. I was like, yeah. all right, I'll do the dirty work. It's cool. Yeah, mind you, he's got like six women coming. <laughs> I'm like, yo, dude. Yeah. I'm like, all right, like I'll do it. It's cool. But he gave me a nice little tip, though. He gave me a nice little yeah. tip. Yeah, that's cool, man. I loved it. I loved the Knicks and the. Yeah, it was Kendall Gill. Wasn't Kendall Gill? Yeah, he came the, to uh, Nets. Nets for a while. Yeah, Kendall. He was with the Nets for a bit. Um, yeah, we also had uh, Xavier McDaniels. He came. Xavier, the X Man. That's right. He was a wild dude, man. Like, yeah, he was mean. He was the he was the muscle. He was trying to be the mean guy. Yeah, man, like the Anthony Mason and the Dennis Rodman. He was a Dennis Rodman bigger. He like, was. He was fatter. Nuts. It's bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those guys were crazy. <laughs> X Man. Dude, man, the nineties were unbelievable. 90s were awesome. So eight yeah. years, eight years. Yeah, eight years until that that final shot. What was that ninety six? Yeah. Final shot where they kept saying that he pushed Brian Russell and Brian Russell yeah. now he's he's full of shit. He didn't get pushed. He got he busted both ankles. See, Jordan stopped so fast, and his hand is he was he was trying to guard him, and his hand was on his hips, and he stopped so fast that his hand like slid off. It wasn't even Jordan. Jordan's hand just went off like that and pushed because he stopped so fast that both of them, like his momentum and his arm went with them, but he wasn't pushing at all. Like he wasn't, it just, he was already it was going the other way. Stop. Yeah. It was so fast of a stop. I was like, I don't lie, man. I saw Russell one time out at a, at a, at a, like a July 4th thing where he was doing presenting something here. He still lives here. And I walked up to mm -hmm. him and saw him and he's like, we were talking about old times. I'm like, now tell the truth to the people <laughs> right now. All these Utah fans still think you got pushed. I'm like, bull, you know, he's like, Man, don't bring that up, man. I'm like, say the truth now. You know you didn't get pushed. You know Georgia just – you busted both ankles. You had no chance. You were guarding the best player on earth. You had zero chance, and that's what happened. Tell him the truth. And he's like, shut up, man. I'm like, yeah, he wouldn't talk about it. But that he did. He admitted that it was not a push. That, that's why players loved you, man, because you were a ball breaker. You oh, were... yeah. I, I didn't kiss their ass. That's what the thing is. I didn't care who they were. And, and Shaquille O'Neal's rookie year – he was doing the same thing, and he got all his attitude, and I was like, like, let me ask you a question. How much are you making this year? Well, I'm going to take a small guess, $40 million, probably making $40 million just this year alone, I'm, I'm guessing. 
I'm like, you know how much I make? Three seventy-five an hour. Three seventy-five an hour. You want a towel? Please, Mr. Rodriguez, or please, ball man, will you please get me a towel? Thank you very much, man. And every it worked every time on every player there. Shaq's like, damn, man. All right, I'm sorry. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, man. And I was, yeah, that was great. Like, Shaq uh, was the biggest goofball, though. He had a good heart, man. Oh, yeah. I, w- I was there the night he broke the basket. I was sitting under the basket. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That was yeah, crazy. He broke man. a bomb. He was, he was the first one, though, or like, last one to break. Yeah. Uh, backwards. But he, he pulled down that whole backboard. And I, I actually thought, yeah. it was, I thought it was going to swing and hit me. But I saw it, <laughs> I saw it hit his shoulder. And then I, yeah. I kind of ran towards the stands because my parents used to have season tickets. So he sat the second row and I ran, I ran towards them. Oh, yeah. That whole thing buckled and then fell and flattened. I was like, oh my God. Yo, it was insane. It was yeah. ins- the, 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 the crowd never seen nothing like that. And, you know, oh, yeah. we had the job like sitting on that court and just looking at the fans and being able to see everything up close and personal. It's a different experience, man. Like, people don't understand. They don't give it justice. They don't know how fast they are. They don't realize how fast they are. Other than how, how big they are. Even at six two as a guard, yeah. I mean, and that's the smallest guy on the court. And then, until you're next to them, and you don't realize how giant they are. And then Huge. at the same time, how fast they are. Like, they're not only giants, but they're super fast. Like, yeah, like the game, it moves so fast. Like, if you just blink your eye, you're gonna miss something, and you gotta be ready at all times. Yeah, gotta- back when basketball was basketball, I was the ball boy cleaning up the blood on the court for Isaiah Thomas when the Pistons came in. He said something about not making the the all the Olympic team. Are you okay and, and when the Jazz because they put they picked Stockton over Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, that was that was their pick for guard was John Stockton over Isaiah Thomas, which they both should have been on the team if anything, yeah. but still Isaiah Thomas should have been on that team. Like that was the best point guard in the league at the time. And he said some stupid shit and got in trouble with the league and the and other players, but yeah. that shouldn't have banned him from the Olympic team. No, like that. He got hosed. But uh, yeah, he, they, so the Pistons, when the jazz went there for the regular season visit, they spanked the jazz. They beat him. Like they, it was, it was a hardcore beating. So the payback was coming when he came to Salt Lake city, they were already waiting for him. And then that's when, and Carmelo, he did throw an elbow. Like, his elbow went first, and then he tried to block the shot. Like, he saw him coming down the lane, and he went up, and he – you could see it full on. He throws the elbow first, and then he tries to block it. But he was definitely aiming at his face with an elbow, and he got him. And when he fell and hit the ground, we went running out there, and when they picked him up finally, there was like a puddle, puddle. of blood. Oh, I had I to get that. the towels. I was, I'm cleaning up blood with alcohol and a towel. And then next thing you know, two weeks later, everyone's got to get their hepatitis B shots or something. Now it's mandatory hepatitis B shots because we're dealing with blood in the locker room. That's when you had to put on the, the, the two plastic gloves and there was a red bag. and Yeah. There was a little red uh, yeah. aluminum, like yeah. aluminum garbage bag. And I yeah. remember that was crazy what we had to do when there was blood on the court. Yeah. We used to use our hands. We didn't have the mops. Yeah, some of the, the underneath the standard had the mops, and then yeah, we the, did have to run out there with our hands. Just for hand Patrick the- Ewing. Patrick Ewing. I've never seen to this day anyone sweat like Patrick. Patrick Ewing had Patrick. a river at the free throw line when he's shooting a free throw. When he runs back, there's a puddle of 
sweat on the floor just from him shooting free throws. Man, I've never seen somebody. The ref would so have bad. to call. The ref would have to stop before he shoots yeah. the second free throw for you to come out and yeah. wipe the sweat underneath him. Yeah, because his shorts are dripping, <laughs> jerseys dripping, it's coming off his forehead. That's, I've never, till this day, I've never seen another human being Me sweat either. as Me much either. as Patrick Ewing. The craziest thing is, I fell one time doing that. I was sitting yeah. under the basket. I think it was like my first or second year. Yeah. I was sitting under the basket because I used to sit on, um, on the home side because that's where my parents, you know, where they sat. So I was sitting under the basket and Patrick Ewing got fouled. He goes to free throw. He shoots the first shot. So then the ref goes, hold on. He signaled me to come out to wipe up the sweat. I go running out. I go to put the broom down and slip. I slip, yeah. broom goes up in the air, I fall. Yeah. I'm like, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. That was the greatest. Oh, so man. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm mopping yeah. up the sweat. I run back. My parents are laughing at me. Everybody's laughing at me. I'm like, oh, just whatever, man. I just totally embarrassed myself. But yeah, the guy yeah. sweated like there was no tomorrow. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen to this day. Could never be friends with that guy. Be like, man, what are you doing? You can't even sit on my couch. What are you doing? Get off the couch, Patrick. Go sit on the floor. Like, what is it? We can't take this guy anywhere. You cannot be friends with that guy. You bring Patrick over, you got to have extra Gatorade. You got to yeah. have extra plastic cups. You got to have only tissue coming box. With us if we're going to the lake or if we're going to some water park, that's the only way he's coming with us. He ain't going anywhere else where it's hot. No, no. You got to bring all this extra stuff for Patrick. Oh, man. I don't know. He, he probably lost 100 pounds every night. I don't know what he's <laughs> doing. Never seen somebody sweat like that. And that's where we got caught, too. When, when they would foul, like, by the free throw line or by the three-point line, and it was a quick steal. Oh. And you had to run out there as fast as you can because you knew they were coming back. They could come back. And a couple of times you'd get caught because, like, they missed the quick layup. And now all of a sudden yep. they're coming back. The Jazz are coming back at full speed. <laughs> And you got to run off to the side of the court and be like, oh, shit, I'm in the way of the play. Like, I'm in the middle of the play. Oh, that was the worst. That was the hardest one to do. Yeah, those, those running back, man. You had to be quick. If you weren't quick yeah. and paying attention, you were going to yeah. get caught. Yeah, you got caught. A, couple, a lot of ballers got caught in most transitions. Oh, man. Those this are is, days, man. Those are some good days, man. Uh, I don't think today's ball boys could compare to us back in the day. Yeah, I don't know what they're like. I want. That'd be cool to see what they're like. I want, like, you know, go backstage again, go back there for one day and see what, like, do they even talk to these, like, Steph Curry and do they even talk? Yeah, to, like, yeah do they even I, dare to talk to LeBron James. Like, yeah, like, I, I want to know, like, yeah, do do you guys get tips? Like, do, yeah, you know, do they tip well? Do they suck? What do they do? do? I don't know. Do you guys hang out afterwards? Are you are you guys allowed to like? Uh, yeah, really, just get to know them afterwards. Go to their yeah. house and. Yeah. I wonder if that happens. I want to see how different it is nowadays. Yeah. But Alex, it was man, open back then. This is great, dude. Like, these yeah, are, man. These are some great stories, man. Um, these are just the beginning, too. This is just the beginning <laughs> story. Like, we could do probably like 20 chapters on this, probably. Like, I think we should. Yeah, I think we should, I, man. Anytime there's part two, I've got plenty of part twos with San Antonio, every, all the teams pretty much. That's, uh, so you know what? I think I think I'm gonna come back to you soon. We'll do a part two with the Spurs or um who's another team? Because we already talked about Chicago and LA and Orlando. Um I'm trying to think who else was out there. Uh that was good. Boston. 
There's some there's some good stories we can yeah. we can oh, yeah. get more into, man. Yeah, the Celtics, man. That's another doozy with Bird. Bird's last year. Magic's last year. Magic Johnson's last year was at that Delta Center. I, I never got it. The only time I got a chance to, to meet Magic was when I was working with the Knicks and he was mm. there at the garden shooting around before everybody got there. That was the, my only time. Yeah. I wanted to meet him. I wanted to meet him in the 90s, but when yeah. I started working there, that's when he announced his retirement. And Bird, I never met, but I always wanted to meet him. He was one of my favorite players, too. Yeah, I was Michael Cooper's uh, guy my first year. I was Michael Cooper's guy oh. and uh, ran some uh, hot dog errands for Michael Cooper. He loved hot dogs, and <laughs> that guy could eat hot dogs like no other Michael Cooper. Yeah, guys had like interesting um, snacks or foods before before crazy. before the game. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was they all basically had guys things. like pretzels and um yeah popcorn popcorn, like, hey, popcorn before a game what are you doing yeah like Do you want like some kind of water or something what do you mean popcorn or something I remember yeah. like Oakley had asked me to go to get him some hot dogs and a popcorn before a game like you really want this hot dog from the Meadowlands like I, I, I get it for you but my yeah. thing was I never went to the concession stand I used to have a hookup in the oh. back where they would where they would get the food from. So I yeah. had a connection there. I would go there, say, hey, man, I need some popcorn. I need a hot dog. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Take what you want. Whatever you money I had, I would give like half of it to the guy in the back. And I, you know, go back and give it to the player. He'd be like, nah, just keep it. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was my, that was my gig, man. I always had a hookup. I always had yeah, a hookup. They didn't, we, I had to go to the concession stand. They didn't have it at the Billionaires Club. They didn't serve the hot dogs. So I had to go to the concession. I had run upstairs. You know, a whole flight of stairs, and I come back down, and he gave me 20. And then I would like, I'd do the same thing, give him change. He'd be like, keep it. I'm like, you still owe me. It was 50 bucks. He's like, it was 50 bucks to get a hot dog. And so I'm like, did you see the stairs I had to run? Do you? I went up to the top of the concession stage. He's like, all right, man, another 20. And I at least get another 20 out. I'm like, they're like, okay, Yo. I'll give you another 20. Like, so I gave me a 20 on top of the chain. And she's like, yeah. Yo, I was like, you're not done. You still owe me. I'm like, a true hustler. <laughs> yeah oh yeah once i learned the system man it worked it worked it well see my thing was either a i'd be like i got i got you know i got a girlfriend i'm trying to take her out or or it was i wanted to get you know something for school and they would hook me up they would hook me up like people would send me you know a pair of sneakers or one of the guys yeah. would just give me a nice tip you know a hundred dollar tip you know like you said, yeah. I, I learned the tricks of the trade, but you are a hustler for oh, real. I, I pushed I push it as far as I could go, man. I pushed <laughs> it as far as I could go. By the last year, you're like too old, and you're now the ball boys are like 16, and you're like 23, and I was like 23. I'm like, God, I feel like an old-ass <laughs> ball boy. Like, maybe it's time to retire. And your last year, like, I don't give a shit. I'll retire. Like, I don't. Dude, I, my last year, I think I was like 32 with the Knicks. And yeah, oh, really? Yeah, we yeah. had some older ones, too. Yeah. yeah, but they they fired me. See, it was messed up because I had I had got I got assaulted by a security guard at the at the garden. So I was go, I was there working um, a college game, and I, I stepped out. I said, "Let me go and get something to eat." So I stepped out, go get something to eat. I come back, and I knew all the security guards. I knew them because I was always there. Yeah. I said hi to everybody. So I, I go to hop over a rope. It was like a velvet rope right in front of the theater. I go to hop over the velvet rope 
and a security guard comes in the other direction and he's got this metal wand in his hand. Now, this is right after 9-11. So this is, oh, this wow. is 2002. So he's got this metal wand in his hand. And he puts it up to my chest and he's like, hey, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be over here. And I said, what are you talking about? I work here. And he said something. And before I could say something, he snapped and hit me with the with the metal detector, the metal wand that they scan you with. He hit oh, me with. yeah. So he hit me with it on the lip here. And that's what caused my five fractured teeth. So I grabbed him by his collar and I was tussling with him. And then he hit me again here on the left side of my temple, which caused the concussion. I passed wow. out and I was they rushed me to the hospital, got a concussion, five fractured teeth. God. Nobody hears about this. Nobody in the news, nobody in the media hears about this. I'm out of, I'm out, you know, like a few months. So um, everybody's like, you should, you know, go back to work. They were happy because I was depressed. I was going through all this stuff. And then I go back to work for the Knicks. And then um, end of the season, Knicks don't make the playoffs. I said, you know, let me just go up to the to the practice facility. Let me help clean out, you know, for the end of the season. I go there right. and the trainer's like the trainer, Mike Saunders, like, what are you doing here, Carter? I said, I came here to help out. He goes, you know, you're always at the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's why you got assaulted. I was like, what? What? He goes, Try yeah. To blame it on you. Yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, you know what? You're fired. You could leave. I was like, wow. I was like, wow, I was so hurt. I was so hurt yeah. after that, that that literally changed my life. And like I said, I was like 32, 33, still working there. I know guys who are still there and they're like past their 30s. <laughs> past their 30s. <laughs> Damn, man, that's a way to go. That's a hell of a way to go out, man. That yeah, sucks. man. So I, I wish I could have went out differently. And <clears throat> the crazy part was my last game, I took a picture with Spike Lee, Beyonce oh, and Jay-Z yeah. all together, one group photo. That was my wow. last, that was my last photo that at was, the garden. The garden. Wow. So wow. I mean, I kind of went out with a nice picture, but not the way I wanted to go out. But hey, you know, God <laughs> had another plan for me. Yeah. It, nothing stays the same, man. Nothing lasts forever. No. You gotta remember no. that. If I would have known that back then, probably would have done more stupid. <laughs> Nothing lasts forever. I would take advantage, way more advantage than I even did. Me already. too, man. Me too, so. man. <clears throat> well, listen, Alex, I love to have the, you know, you come back on this on my podcast, man, so we could talk some more about some other teams, other players, and some good times, man. So Yeah. Anytime, I'm, man. It's good to meet you. Yeah, I'd love to talk more. If you find more ball with us, that'd be cool. Likewise, man. We'll get a we'll so, get a we'll get another one on him, man. Right. We'll, There's gotta we'll be some out chat. there. Get some current ones, right? Like find out some of these little punks. They're yeah. like, you know, I probably don't say shit with Devin Curry. Like, yeah. what do you do? You're not That's a good shit. idea, man. <laughs> yeah, I, all right, man. All right, peace. Man. Peace, peace man. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks stay for safe. Okay. All right, peace.